as you can tell, I'm, a, I'm not settled in the, the reason for that is five years of seminary taught me how to give a sermon. And when I was about 80% done with my sermon, God said, put it away. And so tonight is his. Abba, I'm here. I'm yours, Father. Whatever you want to say, I'm tired of doing church. I don't want to be the church. I want to be led by Christ. I want to put away the toys and bring out the spirit. I'm tired of giving good messages. I want to proclaim you. I want to do your will. Because what you have for your people is so much better than what a man or a woman can bring. So I stand here trusting you. I feel your presence. It's so beautiful. Speak your word, God. I'm yours. I'm your vessel. I'm going to open my mouth, and I expect you to speak. <sighs> so God just reminded me that um, we're going to do things a little bit differently. He's, um, he's done with the church pretending, the church going around, saying this is God, and this is who he is, and that's what I did. Uh, for many years, saying this is God and this is who he is. And let's, let's le learn some stories that God has done. And so we learned about those stories. And people said, hey, that's amazing. You know, I didn't even know that about the Bible, that God did that. And God said, why don't you just shut up, Kurt, and why don't you tell him I am real. So I did that. And then he said, hey, now it's time to put them in connection with me. You're not a teacher anymore. Your job is to put them in connection with me. And so I said, God, how can I put them in connection with you? And he said, step out of the way, show them where I am, and let them find me. And so my job is not to teach you guys about God. We're not going to treat God as, as, as if he's a history lesson. What we're going to do is we're going to proclaim that God is real and that he's here and he loves his people. Because if that's not the truth, then you know what I need to do is just die right now. I'm not going to die because it is the truth. I wouldn't be walking this day. I would not be here. I would not be alive if it wasn't for God. Those of you that don't know, I'm just going to give you a real quick nutshell. Two years, or twice, eight years ago, doctors said I'm going to be dead in four after four months. They said the good news is, you, is you're going to be dead. The bad news is you're going to be in a wheelchair in four months. And then last year they said um, your heart rate's dropping to 26 beats. We have no idea why. Your, sh your foot's showing atrophy. That's a sign of death. It looks like you're on your way out. They told me that after I recovered, which was I'm very thankful for. That's just to say, we don't serve a dead God. Yet we come to church, we sit down in the seats, and I'm, I'm just as guilty. We sit down in the seats, and we look up at a cross, and we say, hey, God, 
I want to be with you. I want to know more about you. Teach me about you. And God gives us this great message, and then we go home and we live a separate life. We're not willing to step out in faith and trust that God's going to show up so we don't pray for people as we see them walking and they need it. We feel led by God in the grocery store to say, hey, I need to pray for you, but we don't do it. The children are doing it. Christian is doing it. So why aren't we doing it? Because of the enemy. The enemy has told us lies, that sowed in lies, and we believe these lies, that you know what, these people are going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be embarrassed because of what I'm going to say. So we just shut up and we say, you know what, God, I can't do it. I can't be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. So I ask you when, you, when you have that mentality, who is your audience member? Hello? The enemy, yourself. When you step out in faith and you don't care about the results, who is your audience member? God. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17 and 18, he said this. My believers will lay hands on the sick and they will see them recover. He didn't say pastors. He didn't say my apostles. He said my believers. Raise your hand if you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. So that's for you. That's for me. My believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover. What is he telling us to do? Jesus laid it out there and said, pray for the sick. Heal them. Heal the sick. He didn't say pray, actually. He said heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. And what do we do as a church? What do I do as a church? I hide. But not any longer. Tonight's going to be for him. And what's going to happen is, I have the elements out here. You guys know about the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. Let me just relate it to the Old Testament. The Old Testament stated that they're going to have a Passover meal because of what Jesus, what God, what God did for them um, in, Exodus, in the Exodus when they were able to leave um, um, Israel. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to figure all this out as I go. As they were told to leave Egypt. And so... Um, they smeared the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, and the angel of death would pass over them. In the New Testament, God sacrificed his own son. In the Old Testament, it was to save their sons. In the New Testament, God sacrificed that son, and his blood protects you. That's his blood. He said, we do, it, do this in remembrance of me. So every time you raise that cup, say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you were willing. Because I can tell you this, I would die for you, but there's no way I would have my son. I would send my son to die for you. There's no way. And I know he'd be willing, but there's no way I could do it. The level of God's love is so much greater than our own. So when you take, when you take the elements, if you're the first one up there and you have the cup and say you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna go to the body of Christ first. There's gluten-free, by the way. Um, there's gluten-free body. I don't know what that means. Anyways. You can, I want you to grab it, um, take the body of Christ, take it in your mouth, and then pass the plate to the next person. Don't put the plate down. Pass it to the next person and continue doing that. Every time the plate is passed, you're going to say, the body of Christ broken for you.
There's power in that. When people, we got to proclaim God's word. We can't read silently. We can't hide anymore. We got to be out in the streets proclaiming God's word. Right? I'm not talking about being a a Bible thumper and saying you're going to go to hell if you don't turn. I'm saying this is the love of God. This is how he's going to impact you. I don't care if you're a believer or not. You know what? I'm going to actually have this atheist over here pray for you so that you can get healed because we've seen it happen. I know it scares the out of people. But isn't it true? Are you guys tired of just coming to church and just hearing a great message and going, you know what? I was fulfilling today. And then the rest of the week you're just like, okay, what do I do now? So I want you guys to take the communion. Music's going to start here in just a little bit. Um, You're going to take the body of Christ, broken for you, pass it on to someone else. The blood of Christ, shed for you, pass it on to someone else. Just continue to do that. Don't grab the cup. Just grab the whole plate and pass it to the next person. I've done this this before when I was in seminary, and it had such an impact on me. That's the only way I take communion now when I'm in charge is that we pass it and we declare to each other, this is the body of Christ. It just, we're going to do it out of thanks. We're going to give thanksgiving to God, as he says, you know, enter my gates with thanksgiving, right, in my courts with praise, right, I want you guys to have that same kind of mentality when you come up here. I'm going to be listening to the Lord because I have no idea what he wants to say, what he wants to do. This is just him. Um, I feel I'm speaking now, but I just need to get quiet. And so I want you guys, if you feel like this is going to be the throne of God up here, and that's the reason that we're able to get to the throne, it's because what Jesus did on that cross. And so this is going to be the throne of God. And I just want you guys to come up in the front. If you feel like it, and just kneel down. Give me your thanks. Because it's not about you coming to church. If you think, you know what, I'm coming to church every week, I can check that box off, and you know what, that's my ticket to heaven, I think it's wrong. There's nothing in Scripture that says, you know what, your salvation lies if you come to church every Sunday. He's calling, he needs us. I asked God, you know, I'm in a dark place, God. I said, God, I'm in Colorado. I need to get out. I need to go to your darkest places, God. Can't you send me your darkest places? And he said, you're in the dark place. This, this city is spiritually dead. Is it 83%? 83%? 83% of the people are unchurched. 52 churches. 50 some, 52? 52 churches in Castle Rock. 83% of the people are unchurched. And I come into the church and I sit down and listen to a message, message and then I'm gone. But not any longer. So as the music gets louder, I want you guys to come forth. Just declare your thanks to God. Let him know that, hey, you know he's real and you want to be used by him. And then after the third song, we'll continue. Okay?
so two thousand years ago, the church was changed. A man who took on our form named Jesus Christ descended from heaven and changed the church. And what I have done in the last five years or so is kind of changed the church back. And so I, I repent for that, Father. He has my heart. He told me that today. Um, what I'm saying is this. 2,000 years, if you just take, hi ladies, if you just go back from them, the church would go to the tabernacle. They would offer an offering and forgiveness would be, would be granted them. They were not allowed into the Holy of Holies. That was a 10 by 10 throne, gold, beautiful. That was reserved for a high priest. What Jesus did on the cross, and there was a, I should say, there's a veil that actually separated the Holy, holy, the holy of Holies from the rest. You could not enter only the priest, at assigned times. Jesus came down. He died upon a cross, giving us complete access to the throne. He is the only one that gives us that access. And we have, I have, somehow placed myself in front of him Put Jesus here, and then he takes you to the Father. That's not church. That's not the way God designed his church. There's a reason that the veil was torn in two when Jesus died. There was a great earthquake. There's a reason for that. If we're not going to pay attention to that, then you can just go to sleep. But those of you who are going to stay awake for this, it's not about what you've done. It's not about who you are. It's just about who you believe in. Who is your Savior? Why are you whispering? Who is your Savior? Jesus Christ is our Savior. So I'm going to step out of the way. He died upon a cross, giving us access to the throne. And yet we stand back here. I stand back here. I'm going to try to put this in first person. So... We stand back here. <laughs> I don't think God's going to let me. We stay back here. I'm, I, see, I have, a, I have a heart to put stuff on myself and um, not to share it, right? But we are the church. We are to share the burden together. And so um, if there is a burden. And so what God's saying is we place something from, this is my case and this is my point, or this is God's case and this is my point. This is what he just brought to my remembrance. When someone gets sick in your family, what do you do? Some, some people pray. Some people say, oh, I got to get a hold of Pastor JR. 
I got to get that big honcho. Because he'll know how to pray. He'll know what to do. I got to get a Pastor Jeff. He has anointing. He can do it. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. But forgetting what Jesus has given you, there is a problem. When Jesus said, my believers, he was talking about all of us. My believers will do all this stuff. My believers, not my pastors, stop looking at us pastors and thinking they got it together. We may have pastors who have it together who know how to do this and that, how to lead you to the Lord. That's, that's great. What I'm saying is once you accepted Christ as your Savior, he's your head. JR is the lead pastor of the rock. The head of the, of the rock is Jesus Christ. Amen? So I know in children's, God will, he has a, he has a great sense of humor, by the way. Um, he'll have me do things that I never thought I would do. And I realized this past weekend why he was doing that. When you just trust in him and say, God, I'm listening to you. Whatever you say, I'm going to say. And so I was doing this for the kids. And I said, you know what? Guys, we're going we're gonna to prophesy. We're going to have words of knowledge. We're going to see healings today. Whatever God says, I just want you to say it. Whatever. Just, we're going to say, God, we trust that you're going to be the first one speaking in our mind. When I tell the adults, they're like, how do we know it's God? You just said you're going to trust that he's the first one speaking. Now, sometimes, sometimes God will actually test you. Right, Paul? <laughs> but like Paul, Paul is faithful. When Paul's faithful... God shows up. So God may give you something that's just crazy. And you're like, there's no way, God, that this is going to actually make sense. So two weeks ago, I was in service, and I said, God, whatever you tell me, I'm telling this out loud, saying this out loud so the kids can hear me. And I said, God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to declare. Whoever you show me, I'm going to declare it to them. And so I heard, I heard God, you're welcome. I heard God say, uh, first he started showing me a face, and I said, okay, I know who it is. Um, he's one of our leaders. And then he says, I'm, I kid you not, um, I don't know what they're called. So he said cheese balls. You know those, those, um, those Cheeto things that are really like, they get all over your, your mouth and your hands? He said cheese balls. And I know you people like, you want to stone me right now. But he said cheese balls, and he said turkey butt. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to say that to this man. There's no way. He looks up to me, God. <laughs> and God's like, no, say it. No, there's not, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I can't, I'm not going to say that. No, say it. So I say it. I said, does this mean any sense, does this make any sense to you? And bless this man's soul, he looked at me and he was very, very serious. And he was like, hmm. Hmm. No, I don't think it, and all, the kids are just rolling. The kids are laughing. They're like, yeah, God's a good one, God. And then I tried to skip over that and go on to the next part. And God kept reminding me, cheese balls, turkey butt. So I said, all right, I'm just going to, sometimes kids, God doesn't actually tell you what it means. You have to ask him what it means. So he's going to connect this to this man's life. So I'm going to ask him right now, what does it mean? God gave me a download for this man's life that connected it to cheese balls and turkey butt that I could never do. I don't even remember like half the things I said. But he connected it to this man's life. And the reason I know that is because when I was walking out, we're dismissing uh, children. He came up to me. He said, man, that was spot on. 
I was like, really? Because I thought I was just making stuff up. You know, I had no idea. He's like, no, that was spot on. That's what I'm going through right now. And I was just like so amazed. So what am I, why am I telling you that? Is it, is it going to release something to here tonight? I don't know. But I'm trying to impart what God wants for all of us. And he wants you, he wants me to trust in him. We trust in the world. We trust in the things of the world. You know, we're, we're more apt to say my audience member is the people at my work than to say my audience member is God. It's hard to believe that we live in a community that is in, in darkness. Because when we think of darkness, we think of poverty. But God said, hey, Austin, God said you cannot worship manna, manna, <laughs> right? You cannot worship money and you cannot worship God. You have to choose. Which one's it going to be? And so right now I felt God say that there's someone in this room that said to God, said to his friends or said to God that he wants his feet washed. He wants to see someone with their feet getting washed in church. He's never seen anyone act out church. And so I heard it um, the other day and I heard it um, right before service. And so I asked Catherine um, if she would please go get me some supplies. And she was gracious, gracious enough to go get those things. And she did. Now, if you are that person, I believe it's a man. I believe he is a man. Makes sense, right? He is a man who wants to get his feet washed. Just said, you know, God, I want to see someone getting their feet washed in church because I don't think the church is acting the way they're supposed to. Someone who said that, that that rings a bell to you, I want you to come forward because I'm going to wash your feet. If no one comes forward, will someone just walk forward? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here to say, you know, I can tell you all about him and, you know, release this wisdom that's just going to impress you. What I'm here to say is, God is real. No one knows that more than, I believe me, because when you've been rescued from death twice, you can't deny it. When you have experts saying, you know, you should have been dead, you can't deny it. I mean, my wife, my beautiful bride right there, Tracy, um, Yay for putting up with Kurt. And so she can attest to this. I mean, um, before when I got sick and, you know, things were atrophying, I was a skinny little lump, wasn't I? Just a pole. And um, I prayed to God. And I said, God, I know your word says if I catch the thief, he must repay me sevenfold or everything in his house. In this case, I know who the thief is. But I don't know how to take from him. And I prayed that for two weeks. Just saying, you know, God, this, you are real. I'm going to keep knocking. I keep praying. I keep praying. And then God said to me, you guys, uh, if you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. He said, the battle doesn't belong to you, Kurt. The battle is mine. Just sit back and see the deliverance I have for you. I didn't have to do anything. Would you say I'm, like, healthier now? Yes, than I have ever been. God just keeps taking from the enemy and putting onto my, my bones. Now, I'm not saying this to discourage anyone. So if you're going through something, what I'm doing is trying to build hope. 
Because if he's going to do it for me, he's going to do it for you. Because we serve a God that has no partiality. He doesn't say, I love him, but I don't love you. He says, I have the same love for all of you. And so church, what I'm trying to get us to do is step out. You know, the kids are easy. As Jeff, Pastor Jeff was talking about, the kids are easy. You say, hey, uh, what did God tell you? And God, case in point. This little girl, five years old, she had a drawing of a woman she was looking for. We're doing a treasure hunt. If you don't know a treasure hunt, that's when God speaks to us and says, I want you to go find these people and pray for them. We went all over the outlet mall. She's five years old. She still sucks her thumb. She had her, her binky. She had her thumb in her mouth, and she had the paper out here and just scanning the crowd. She was on a mission. We had like five minutes left, and I'm thinking, you know what? We have about a five-minute walk back to the bus. And this lady walks right in front of me. Who had, she had a drawing of a lady in a black dress, and it had blue on the side. And she had, she had brunette hair. And I, you know, in my flesh, I'm like, oh, I can't let this little child be you know, depressed. So I said, there she is. She goes, no, that's not her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we only have like five minutes. That's her. And we walked past the store, and I said, you know, stop. Look back in the store. That's her. No, it's not her. And I said, okay. So we went back to the bus. On the way back to the bus, I'm telling them, hey, you know, sometimes you don't find the person you're looking for. That doesn't mean give up. That means you keep looking. God never makes a mistake. I look behind me, and there's a lady walking behind me in a black dress with brunette hair. And, and I actually said to God, I said, God, did you just send an angel so this little girl could have her person? And he was quiet. I was like, okay. Um, and I, I, I stopped the lady, and I turned her around. I said, um, excuse me, ma'am, um, we're here. We're, we're just on treasure, what's called a treasure hunt. We pray for people. And this little girl just walks up to her and puts her hand right on her. She recognized her face. That's how clear God gave her the image. And this lady's eyes start just tearing. You saw it come beneath her glasses. And I said, how can we pray for you? And she said, I just lost my job. God knew that she was going to lose her job. So when you're sitting there thinking, no, God doesn't care, God cares. Start speaking life into your life, and then you can see God actually happen. When you're speaking out death, you're going to see death. Why? Because God says you're going to reap what you sow. So, so fact, so truth. God is good no matter what you're going through. The blue. I didn't know at the time, but I said, what, do you have a last name blue or something? And he, she said, no, I'm on my way to my car, and it's bright blue. And I went, ah, if I would have had more knowledge, I could have said, let's pray and ask God what the blue's about. But it didn't matter. He still brought her to that point so that she can pray for that lady. I pray that that girl's going to be forever changed from that one instant of just being able to impact someone. So whoever is here that wants their feet washed, please come forward because I want to wash someone's feet. Then what I'm going to ask to do is the prophetic team is going to stand up. And what we're going to do is an impartation of what we want the church to be, what God wants the church to be. Now, if people fall down in line, just kick them out of the way and keep walking, right? Don't let them stop you, right? Don't kick them. Just push them out of the way, right? Does that make sense? And I'm going to stand up here with this, <laughs> with this water ready to wash anyone's feet who's saying, you know what, I want my feet washed. <laughs> Don't think that I'm better than any of you. Jesus Christ washed the feet of the disciples, and he actually washed all 12. Do you know what that means? Judas was one of them. 
So don't think you're like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy. All right? You are worthy. Jesus Christ made you worthy. No one can take that away from you. So what's going to happen is um, if the prophetic team can stand up, what we're going to do is we're going to start the music. And they're going to be, you can walk through this. We call it a fire tunnel. We do this with the, uh, the children. And they absolutely love it. Um, you have to step outside your comfort zone. I know many of you, are gro- you grew up in the church and you're used to sitting down in a seat and going, that's a weird message. <laughs> that's a good message. Today we're asking you to stand up and go through the tunnel. There's, there's going to be like four or five of you. Six. Perfect. So there's going to be three on each side. The Trinity. Ooh. Um, there's going to be on each side. And so what's going to happen is you walk through the center slowly. And I'll demonstrate for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to form a line right here. And you guys just start right by here. And then we have, no, no, yeah. so partner, 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 yes, exactly. And so what happens is you come in here, you don't have to do anything, right? Believe me, I'm sweating a lot more than you are. I wore my wife's deodorant just for, <laughs> just for the day, all right? Because I've never been without notes. I've never done this before. Um, so what's going to happen is you're going to come up to the, the fire tunnel, and all you have to do is just walk through slowly, just being... So when it's Christmas time, don't you put your hands out when you were a kid like this and your parents would give you a gift and you'd be so excited? Put your hands out expecting to get a gift. We did this with the kids and I kid you not, during one of this time my eyes were closed, one of my leaders was releasing this and my, I felt my hands do this. And I opened my eyes, looked at it, see what was in there. I don't know what God imparted, but he gave me something. Okay, so just come through the tunnel and what you could do is just come in here and just put out your hands and you, they'll kind of just graze your shoulder or touch your on the head or something. And they're going to say a prayer over you. Whatever God tells them to say, they'll say it over you. Can you guys do that? Are you guys okay with that? All right. Who wants to go first? <laughs> you want your feet washed? <laughs> All right. So the music's going to be playing. Um, and what I want you to do is just remember, you guys have access to the throne. Right? God says, I want you to go boldly to the throne. I don't want you to go up there and go like, oh, um, what do I, no, he said go boldly. Because Jesus Christ paid for that. He knows what his son has done. So you're just going to walk into the throne and say, God, I'm here. If you want to kneel before the throne, kneel before the throne. Just get blessed. Yes. <laughs> 